Hey, Sid. Hey, Brian. How's it going? It's going great. How are you? Still work from home and working <laughs> from s- homing. <laughs> we are uh, still on this track. I've, I've been hearing, and this might stress people out, so I, I apologize in advance and I don't mean to do that, but I have already been hearing some folks are like going to be permanently work from home like through the entire summer and won't be going anywhere near an office until maybe September, October. Oh, yeah. Like uh, major companies, I think like Facebook and Google recently announced that like through 2021, Work yeah, from home they're vibes. just home. <laughs> and a lot of them are like, you're welcome to come to campus starting in like September, October. But apparently a lot of their workforce is like, no, we're good. We'll just stay home. Yeah. Keep it going here. We haven't had like a, a full convo about what it looks like at our organization. Um, but I am curious what it will look like because like I just think about it as like the proximity of all of our desks and like the the size of the space and how we have like like us having conference calls like there's no we can't be six feet apart in a conference room and so right. much of our day is us being on calls well and if we need to be wearing masks as well it's like i don't want to know do well it's just it's like very restricting when you do it when you're out in public as it is but then to do and like you know power to all of and thank you to all of the people that are doing that as essential workers day in and day out so i just can't imagine like going going back to a workplace if we don't absolutely have to and then like taking all of these extra precautions when maybe the safest place for us to be is at home yeah i feel like i'm i'm in a routine i'm feeling good um with that uh i've been doing a lot of online shopping (laughs) <laughs> because there have been some really mega awesome sales. There have been so many. I mean, you know my my junk drawer of an email <laughs> comes like sixty emails plus a day. That's just sale, sale, sale. So I'm getting it's, those emails as well. I'm getting like multiple a day from some places, and I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, I get that you have seventy five percent off. I'm excited about it, but I need a minute. <laughs> I'm still on a budget. <laughs> um. So one thing, the thing. The place that I'm at with shopping right now is like, I don't need a lot of things, obviously, because I'm wearing the same thing every friggin' day. Yeah. (laughs) So like, I'm not really buying a lot of clothes, but there are certain things that I've been like on the hunt for. And one of those things uh, includes a top-notch one-piece bathing suit. And I wanted to find, I had a black one. But like the fit of it was like, I just, I wasn't feeling it and it kind of fell apart. Um, And then I ripped one of the, I like ripped a seam and I was like, I need to find one that like is easy on, easy off. Cause like, you're going to be like one of these, like where you're like straining to get in and out of it. Yeah. The back, it was super cute. The one that I had, but like the strap, there was like a maneuver where I had to like limbo through a couple straps that was complicated so i was looking for one that was like super easy slip on but like had enough of like that wasn't too matronly to be honest so i wanted it to have a little bit of uh, a v-neck so that because i have a i'm small chested so (laughs) i wanted something that could like i could i could work with it show off a little bit of my 
my chest and I wouldn't have anything flying out anywhere. And then a little <laughs> bit of a lower back moment so that it wasn't like, so that I still got some color on my body right. that like might mimic what it would look like if I was wearing a bikini. Um, right. And sometimes you just don't want to wear a bikini. And so I wanted to I find one that was ones. solid. <laughs> and I found the one and it was on sale at J. Crew. I nice might be uh because they're all going bankrupt it's okay they're gonna come out of this <laughs> do we think so that's a topic for another day <laughs> hard to say it will be a problem for me because i buy a lot of their clothes um but Same. this one specifically the deep v-neck french one piece top notch i got it in navy it fits great and i just recently saw um, when I went and clicked back through, they have a long torso option now, which probably would have fit me. Like the one that I got fits really well, but if I had like an extra inch, I probably would have uh, appreciated that, but it was too much to return it, like too much of a hassle to think about <laughs> returning it. So I was like, I'll stick with this. It fits just fine. That's awesome. I do love when you find like, you know, I've I've in the past gone hunting for certain like pieces that feel they're missing from my wardrobe and when you finally find them and they fit and it's excellent you're just like this just feels like the the clouds opened up yep and so i'm glad that you found it i also enjoy a j crew moment and i'm also um interested to see what happens next with them given the current circumstance that they're in with filing for bankruptcy um but in the meantime super freaking sales man they're uh, deep discounting most things. So mm-hmm. I'm excited that not only did you find the right thing, but you found it at at a sale price. That's that's all I want. That's a, a strong win. I feel like, you know, I, I'm thinking about bathing suit season because presumably it's coming up. <laughs> and as we're both I, sitting here in like turtleneck sweatshirts. <laughs> I went with a lighter jacket when I left the apartment today and that was a mistake. I was tricked by the sun and even with like a sweater on under it, I just was not layered enough. So <laughs> we still have a little ways to go. We but do. I have a one piece that I really enjoy. Yours is but- super cute. Thank you. I like it a lot. The only thing with one pieces for me is that they always like I always avoid the restroom because it's such a it's such a big deal. And that I, I wonder why I gravitate toward a two piece because usually I'm not like the most comfortable in them. And and every time I use the restroom in a one piece, I remember why. Because I'm like the hassle that it takes <laughs> to get this thing on and off, especially if it's also wet. <laughs> Just yeah, <you're> like. like... <laughs> Like, ah, I'm never going to be able to get this back on. That's the, that's the moment where I'm like, getting it off feels like a breath of fresh air. I'm like, woo, I can breathe. And then uh, putting it back on, I just instantly am like, this is never coming back on my body. <laughs> Might yeah. as well just give up now. Well, that's something uh, that I, I, that was part of this decision making process was what will it be like making a trip to the restroom in this? Very easy. Did a test run. Very easy to get on and off. I did take a look at it on the internet, and it does look like it's a it's a, a, a one-swoop motion. It doesn't take multiple, you know, yanks to get it on and off. You should get it in red, and then we'll be matching. Ooh, you know red's not... Is red my color, though? I know some people might disagree, but I'm looking at... I'm literally in my closet There right also now was I'm, a fuchsia, <laughs> and I know that you look good in fuchsia. Ooh, fuchsia. I'm looking at my closet of whites, blues, and blacks. Straight up neutrals. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe maybe fuchsia a fuchsia bathing suit is the one thing i really need right now just to like you know 
bring me out of a, a funk. <laughs> bring bring some color into your life. I like it. I like it a lot. What's your update? Um, so this has been something that I'm sure is going is already old news, but I'm really proud of it. But I've been growing scallions on my windowsill. What? what? I <laughs> and... started doing the same because of you. And it's really satisfying. Like, it's super satisfying. And Bon Appetit did like a whole, they're doing like a, you know, from your home series type of thing. Like, not just for cooking, but also for like taking care of yourself and all these things. And this this warranted apparently a whole article on how to grow scallions where it really is one line in a tweet that just needs to say, put them in a in a small cup, change the water every day. And, and that's there you go. literally it. <laughs> and that's that's literally all it takes. It is it's the really satisfying plant. though to see them grow and they stay alive. Oh my alive. god, yes. And they stay alive. And it's so easy. And it's the only thing I think that I have consistently done like since this whole thing started is like every day I change its water and I can see the roots growing out. And then when they do, it's like overnight, they just gain inches. And it is like incredibly satisfying. I used to like I, I think so one of our uh, friends that we follow Mackenzie's table always chops her scallions when she buys them and then mm-hmm. puts them in the fridge chopped, which I started doing, which was genius. Um, and so I really liked that tip. But then I was like, I feel like whenever I need scallions for a thing that I'm like making on the fly, I never have them, which just became so frustrating. And so when I was like, oh, wait, everybody's doing this. I can do this. And now just having scallions on hand all the time is and, and they stay fresh forever because um, you're consistently making sure that they're okay has been just a nice little add to, like, I don't know, my life in general, I guess. Um, so that's my update is that I am now officially a person that doesn't kill every plant in sight. And um, scallions are my new best friend. As, yeah, as I look at a plant on our dining room table that desperately needs watering. But every day I'm like, hey, scallions, fresh water. <laughs> <laughs> I've been I used to have tap Doug as the plant watering person in our home. We have like a handful of succulents and a jade plant from our friend who has been alive for years. I like you know this jade plant. The jade mm-hmm. plant is now enormous. And so I now water all of those once a week because I'm like, okay, this is my responsibility now. I'm paying attention to when they start to droop. And when they need things. And so I, I've been like, okay, every Friday I I get up, I make sure that everybody has enough water. And I can see how it becomes a full-time job the more plants you have. But it, it is very satisfying to keep everything alive. I love it. Um, I also got to say, I recommend it because you told me about this when you first started doing it. And then I was like, I've got scallions. Let me try it. And it works. And it works. Isn't like that is so it's so satisfying to see that it works. Like I try a million things from the Internet every week and very rarely do they have the outcome that the Internet says that they have. (laughs) So (laughs) to have this one work out just just really was the the push I needed to keep going. Thank goodness. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. All right. Sid, give it to me straight. What are we talking today? So we, in quarantine times, I think, um, you know, like everything's kind of willy-nilly these days. And so we realized it's been a hot minute since we've done a woman-inspiring Team QS. And so we talked about it. And the person that came to mind that I am actually shocked we haven't covered yet is Mindy Kaling. And I feel like she's been getting... I love her. And I am such a fan of her work, like everything from 
in front of the camera, behind the camera, authoring things, her social media presence. I just think that she's excellent. Um, and so it's really fun to think that like, this is our opportunity to really dig into her stuff. And I'm almost happy that we haven't covered her up to this point because she has this great new show out called Never Have I Ever, which we'll get into later, but you know, she's a creator, a producer, a writer, an actor, an author. She has amazing fashion movements, which, you know, is always like a a requirement (laughs) for me, um, along with many other things. And I just think that she is one of those people that... Not only can we, like, just inhale all of the work that she puts out into the world, but there's a lot we can learn from her, both from her work perspective, but also from, like, just her presence on the internet and interviews that she's done and just kind of the way that she lives her life. So we are excited to talk about Mindy Kaling today. Can't wait. Let's get into it. Let's do it. Um, So we wanted to start, as always, with the work that she's put out into the world and a little bit about, like, her life and where she comes from and and her whole whole deal. Um, And so Mindy Kaling uh, is actually – she's a first-generation Indian American, and she grew up in Cambridge, Massachusetts. um, And she then went to Dartmouth College after leaving – or, yeah, because Dartmouth is in New Hampshire, I believe – I went to Dartmouth for a training once for my last job. It was like a week long um, training. We like stayed in the dorms at Dartmouth. It was really cool. And I knew that Mindy Kaling went there and I was like, holy crap, I am on the same campus as Mindy Kaling. I feel like I'm just <laughs> sucking up all of her energy and I'm really excited about this. <laughs> Confirmed. Hanover, New Hampshire. Yes, thank you. I remember because I was like, I had to drive. It was like a six hour drive because there was no like convenient airport there. So, and it's really, it's like in the middle of nowhere. It's just, you know, anyway, it was a beautiful campus. It was gorgeous, but, you know, tough to get to. Anyway, she was in an improv group while she was there, which I thought was just, you know, we see so much of her stuff as scripted. you know, from the work that she does on TV these days, but to know that she, and this is not surprising that she was an improv person as well, was just really satisfying to read. Um, And from there, she interned at Conan, Conan O'Brien show, and then started touring doing stand-up comedy. And I can just like her voice with like what she brings to the table from her background and all of these things, like her spin on things is very personal and also just like very relatable at the same time, I think. Um, and she said of her experience at Conan, it was actually just a really terrible experience that um, it was really stressful and not supportive and all of these things, which was Um, great to read because I think we all have like that one story of the internship that we did or our first job or something that we experienced that was just like hell on earth (laughs) and we were like what did we do this for why would we do this and so to hear her like kind of speak candidly about that was was nice to see it sucks when it's a bad experience but sometimes that's like the best learning experience that you can have ahead of your career or like puts you on a track for greater success it unfortunately feels like a common thing in the TV industry, unfortunately. I've heard this a, a few, from a few different angles, but whether it's like the internship setup mm-hmm. or just like the environment in which the that TV show is, is structured sometimes uh, can be complicated, but she clearly made out pretty well. 
Well, yeah, and it seems like that was almost like a catalyst for her to create what she's created and like to go on the path that she's gone on was I mean from what I read her parents instilled in her like a really really strong worth work ethic and were supportive of her path and like just you know she was always working and pushing and and doing everything she could just to be better and do better and learn more um and so to have that kind of work ethic combined with a tough experience Mm -hmm. that kind of person is fairly resilient and then uses that almost as fuel to go on to their next step so i agree with you like there's a lot of learning that can come from an experience like that and then okay how do we use it and how do we um make sure that like it doesn't like take over, but also can can push us a little bit. So it seems like she really let that happen. Um, so also in college with a good friend of hers, she co-wrote a, a hit two-person show called Matt and Ben that was based on <laughs> the friendship of Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, which I think is hilarious. And the two, her and her friend, played Matt and Ben. <laughs> And that's amazing. <laughs> it was really, really funny. And that's actually where she was noticed and tapped to start writing for The Office, is that this was like a, a, a touring show. why you got to do side projects. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you never know who's watching. Um, but yeah, she, like, she, she and her partner went around and did the show in many cities all over the U.S., which is where it was kind of seen that she had you know, something to tap into. And that's where moving on to her like TV stuff, um, she became a writer for The Office, which she was one of the, o- I think she was the only person of color and in, in one of very few women, if not the only wo- woman in, in that writer's room, mm-hmm. um, which actually then was the catalyst for her movie that she made called Late Night, which I saw and I thought was awesome with Emma Thompson. Um, but she also acted on The Office and she directed a couple of the episodes as well um she was i think kelly kapoor was her name on Mm -hmm. the office and she was just like perfection her and bj novak's relationship slash non-relationship was just like it's the the ultimate best friendship (laughs) that's ever existed with the two of them but she's so good on the office that's a a dan favorite and so um i've caught glimpses of it and she was always one of my favorites because she's just so over the top and ridiculous in that show and to know because at first I was like oh she's just on the show and then to come to find out that she was writing a bunch of the episodes and like had such an influence on the development of that uh that shows like success and dynamic is a testament to her great work yeah I think that's the one thing that was said was that she had this real gift for like the the pregnant pause that everybody like feels in their bones that's so uncomfortable and you're just like like cringing at it and she just had such a gift for writing those in really appropriately through Matt and Ben her show and so I think that was one of the big reasons she was tapped for the office is like that show is living on awkward moments and awkward pauses and so her like expertise was really it was able to shine in that environment 
Um, and from there, she went on to create and produce and star in The Mindy Project, which I loved that show. It was picked up by Fox and it was canceled, I think, after four seasons. And then Hulu picked it up for another like season and a half. And love, I love when the resurgence happens. Yes. I thought it was just so, it was so good and it was so funny. And I thought that she also created a show that had great supporting characters as well. Like her, her character was awesome um mindy lahiri but also like we got oh my god i'm gonna blank on his name um the nurse that everybody loves that now like does a bunch of his own movies who is hilarious in his own right like there was just so many good fortune um femester was on that as one of the nurses as well and just she just has this eye for um creating a, a, a space for other comedians to thrive. And I think that that show showed that off really, really well. So that was another one. Um, there are more than what we have here, but I thought these were like the highlights of, mm-hmm. of what I feel really like exemplify what she's done. And so she also co-created, produced, and wrote on the mini series Four Weddings and a Funeral that premiered on Hulu that I like inhaled as well it was like painful to wait every week to see the new episodes come out um and it was like her take on four weddings and a funeral so like if you know the movie it's a mini a mini series version of the movie but with a super diverse cast a really talented cast um and just like brought up different conversations than i think the obvi- obviously the original did but it still had the essence of what that that movie was um and i thought they did a great job and it was just really well done and i'm a sucker for all things like romantic comedy so the fact that she created this i thought was just really smart because there was more to say and she saw an area where there could be more to say in this format and i really liked it big fan um, and then most recently, like we mentioned in the beginning, um, she created, executive produced, and wrote on Never Have I Ever on Netflix that came out probably, I think, what was it, mid, early? mid, mid, early May? I mean, we're in early May, but like really early May? <laughs> uh, recently. Recently. <laughs> <laughs> Super recently. Um, and I am just, I loved the show i loved that john mcenroe all of it i watched all of it i watched all of it in How like do two you days do that i'm telling you man like when we did that movie episode i was so out of my depth because tv i've have found is really much more it's your space <laughs> in my wheelhouse um I, but it's so funny i uh i love that you mentioned john mcenroe too i was like when i saw that i was like what an interesting person to get to narrate your show, but also oh, yeah. awesome. <laughs> it's so, it's so funny. Like when I tell you, like you can read that and there are articles, like he's done interviews on like what the experience has been like being the narrator of that show, like something he never thought he'd do. Where did you meet Mindy? This is crazy. But like when you see it in action, it fits so well because he relates his experience as a world-class award-winning tennis player with a hot temper to a teenage Indian girl. That's (laughs) so good. It is so funny, but it works so well and it is so smart and just, I mean, I rave about it. I think 
Uh, my sister watched it and she was like, this is not really her type of TV, but I made her watch it because I found it so hilarious. And she was like, it's really not my thing, but I can see like where there are really good moments of it and, and just super satisfying. Yeah. And I feel like that's a thing that Mindy Kaling does so well, where like it's getting such good ratings because like everybody has this coming of age story and like even if it isn't exactly like the way that you grew up, it's so refreshing to have a moment to see that of someone's life that is adjacent or like timelines of things that you've experienced. And you're like, yes, yeah, I love this. Yeah. And there's like things that everyone can connect to in that way. And I think being able to tell other people's stories through television in that way, the way that she does it helps like bridge that in in such an authentic way. And I love it so much. And I also love what about this, like where she's going with her career track is that like so much of what she's done has written characters that she can play. Yeah. And it's really cool to see how she's branching out and tapping into a younger pool of writers and actors that allow them to shine a light like sh- shining their talent on the rest of the the things that we're consuming um because that's something that's really important and also doing like a little bit of like what wasn't necessarily available to her at the time oh when yeah she was coming up she had to like really friggin hustle to like mm-hmm. get to where like we've shared all of these things like here's these great projects that she's been on but she had to like really push to get that stuff to oh, like, yeah. make happen And she's, like, resilient AF. I think, you know, when she found out that Fox had canceled the Mindy Project, I remember reading maybe a tweet or an Instagram post of hers that said, like, you know, I was sitting on a plane. I had just gotten the news before we were about to take off. And, like, everything you work at was just crushed. It was, like, far before its time. And it just wasn't – it wasn't ready to be over. And she then, like, found out that Hulu was going to pick it up, which was awesome. But, like, you see that she's churned out – even more good TV, great movies that are for a specific audience, you know, like maybe they're not, maybe I feel like never have I ever should be, but you know, her stuff isn't winning all of the awards necessarily. She did get nominated for stuff for the office, I think as writing credits, but um, I think she writes for a specific audience. That's like you said, very reflective of her own experience. And I think that that is um, really I think that's worth more than the awards, you know, like awards mm-hmm. are great, but if I can inhale her stuff and be like, oh my gosh, I feel seen in some way, or I know who's someone who's going to feel seen by this work, like that is super satisfying. And Davy, the main character on Never Have I Ever is like incredibly flawed, as was Mindy Lahiri, as was Kelly Kapoor. Like it's like all of these characters that she has and the main character in Four Weddings and a Funeral was also a flawed character. And so to see her write these people that like aren't just like blissfully walking through their world of of not understanding that other people have stuff going on reminds us like oh she also is based in reality she's not like based in the fantasy of a romantic comedy she's putting like this very realistic spin on these classic storylines and i love that and i'm super excited about this show i cannot wait for season two um I hope that John McEnroe comes back. And actually, what was it? The twist was Andy Samberg was the narrator for one episode from another character's perspective. (laughs) And (laughs) that was so 
it was such a surprise. It was the best kind of surprise. He's like, you're probably wondering why I'm here. (laughs) It was just so self-aware that it was this moment where we were like, oh my gosh, like he knows that we're all so confused. Like whose character is he narrating? And it was just like this fun dance until they like let us in on the secret. But like Andy Samberg, another great choice as a narrator as himself. So good. <laughs> it was so, so funny. So that's like some of her TV stuff. Um, and then just some film that she's done again, a lot more than what we have listed here, but some that I just really liked, you know, her characters in them 40 year old virgin. She was in no strings attached. I don't know if you remember that Ashton Kutcher movie. Loved her in that movie. She's like the foundation of what makes that seemingly terrible movie. Great. (laughs) I I watch it for her like commentary and her name was Shira in it. Like her character's name was Shira and she was just, she was the friend you wanted that was like in and out a little bit, but so funny. Um, She was in A Wrinkle in Time, which was the Ava DuVernay Mm -hmm. like mega hit that is again, like outside of what we usually see from her. But again, was like one of those things that you're like, wow, she has you know, breadth and depth as well. Like, she's not doing the same thing over and over again, which I think A Wrinkle in Time really showcased for her. And it was Reese Witherspoon. It was Oprah. It was, you know, like, these are some freaking heavy hitters. So that was pretty cool. Um, She did Ocean's 8, um, which, unfortunately, I didn't make it all the way through. It was quite a late night for me. (laughs) But I was super excited about everybody in it. uh, And I will certainly give it another shot. Um, and then just most recently, she uh, was the, I think, producer, she probably wrote on it, creator of Late Night, the movie with um, Emma Thompson, that was pretty much based on her experience as a quote unquote diversity hire um, in a late night writer's room and how awful that experience is. But again, like what it, what it means to like meet your heroes, there was just like so many um like storylines that we see a lot of the time that were kind of smushed together in a great way and again not the award-winning movie that we might see that's like up for an oscar but one that i like you can see yourself in like sub out the industry sub out the person that's your hero and like you have you have yourself in that in that story um and i really enjoyed it it was a good watch have yeah you and that? i feel like uh, I have not seen that yet, but it's on my my watch list. Um, but sometimes, like, le- let's just be okay with not everything being award-winning. Like, sometimes yeah. there's just, like, good content that we want to consume, and her stuff is always great. I agree. I totally agree. Um, and then she's authored two books. One is, is everyone, ha- is everyone Hanging Out Without Me? And the second is Why Not Me? And I know, I think... I've read both of them, but I really preferred Why Not Me. I thought Same. it was so good. I thought it was just, I laughed. I It gave me like the Tina Fey um, yes. for her book. It gave me like those same vibes, but, but different, but like definitely that same feeling of like, oh, like she's gone through it too. Like check her out. And, and just the essays that she writes are, are really um, encouraging and lets you like live in her world a little bit which I appreciated yeah I feel like it's one of those things that's like hilarious but empowering and informative and like you can relate and pick up all of these like amazing lessons of the experiences that she had but in a way that's like there are like these little twinges of awkward moments that make you die laughing while you're reading it and then you're like 
sobbing the next second and it's i like blew through that book so fast same i feel like that's on my shelf and it's one of those ones that like i've i have been reading a little bit more than i ever usually do i'm I'm not a big reader honestly but obviously more of a tv watcher um but this is one i would pick up again and read through just to like have something else to focus on in in this moment you know so it's uh it was so good i really really enjoyed that Um, Okay, so for the second part of this, we always go into what we can learn from the person that we've, uh, we've picked for the month. And so from Mindy, I think there, there are so many things. I mean, the list I have, you know, we could talk for a whole nother hour, probably about all of these. Honestly, we could probably make (laughs) a whole few other episodes about all of these things. Um, But the first thing that comes to mind reading her credits is putting yourself in the driver's seat. Um, of what you're working on. And I think, you know, what we talked about with her TV is like writer, producer, creator, co-creator, writer, producer, executive producer, writer, creator. It's like she is always the one that has controlled the narrative, has made sure that her voice is present or the voices of others that she thinks needs to be seen on screen and heard on screen are present. Um, She made things that reflected her own life Mm -hmm. and she made sure that like we have an opportunity to see that from the perspective of a romantic comedy of a straight up like hilarious um, 30 minute, you know, sitcom. And I think that that is something we can totally apply to our own life of like, where are we taking a back seat to things that we can have more control of and how are we actually like making sure that our voice is heard in our own experiences well and i feel like this whole thing about perspective is really valuable for us to uh take from this as well where it's there's i think we talked about this on the reese witherspoon episode where it's like people think that we don't want to hear these stories or watch these these experiences in our in our homes or on our mobile devices or on airplanes when we can travel again and watch <laughs> and consume TV like we once did. Um, oh. Oh, so sad. <laughs> um, but the fact that like this, it's like let's take a chance on this or like yes, we believe in this, and they put their money where their mouth is, and it like soars. Mm-hmm. And so to have someone know, like, I'm putting my 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 stake in the ground and I'm saying this, this is the story that I'm telling and it needs to be told. That's such a powerful thing for the rest of us to um, latch on to. And I think that we should think about that in our own lives of like, what is the story that I'm telling? What what are my experiences that are worth sharing with other people? Because um, so much of about of it is about like this sense of belonging and relating to other people and there are things that we don't necessarily know about the inner workings of everybody's lives that we can relate to each other in different ways. And I really appreciate that she's like fully leaned into this. Yeah, absolutely. For all of our sake. For all of us. I know. And she's, she's super unapologetic about um, the success that she's had too, which I think sometimes, you know, we have a tendency to, to not 
to be more humble than maybe is necessary about our achievements. And she has been quoted saying like, people want to get mad that I'm, you know, out here making, making money and putting my voice on paper and making sure that it's out there and being proud of that and not shying away from that success because we've always historically been taught to not take up space. And she is intentionally taking up space, which I just think is the ultimate lesson that we can really do something with here. Um, the other one I have is taking a chance. And so in never have I ever, I remember over a year ago, she put something out on the interwebs that said, you know, if you know a girl of Indian descent who is in the teenage early twenties age range, and she wants to be an actor, like tell them to send in their tape because we are taking a, a basically an open casting casting call for a new project that I'm working on. And nobody knew what the project was and nobody knew like, That's you know, so what cool. it was going to be. And yeah, like, you, you know, someone like Mindy Kaling says like, send me your stuff. And I can't imagine how she was like, I think she didn't say what the number was, but obviously it was incredibly overwhelming. And that's how she casted Davey and never have I ever was from that like very open casting call, because I think there is this mentality of like, you continuously go back to what you know, and you Mm -hmm. continuously go back to the same pool and because it's easy and it's, it's, you know, reliable, which is always great. Um, But there's something really magical when you take a chance on the outside and you take a chance by like saying, Hey, I need help like filling this role or doing this thing and you know being a little bit more transparent about the process I I thought was super cool and then to see that never have I ever was the thing that came out of that and seeing how talented that actor was it's it's one of those things where you're like oh wow like that's a thing that should always be in the back of my mind like what am I doing that's going back to the same pool? Am I taking any chances with what I'm putting out into the world? Am I taking any chances with like going right instead of left? You know, like just even little things that we, I love a routine. We all know that we love routines, but recognizing when a routine makes us complacent is also a really important part of that process. And so taking that chance, I think we can really um, take a moment to figure out, okay, like, am I am I just standing still when I think I'm moving forward? Mm-hmm. Um, and how do I recognize those things? And how do I, like, reflect on my day-to-day to see, like, can I take a chance somewhere in here? And can I do something different? And can I put something different out into the space I live in? So I thought that was a good one. Super valuable. Um, lifting up others and giving opportunities, just like you talked about. I think that she has given a lot of opportunities to writers, to actors, and she's also really big on mentoring. So it's Mm -hmm. not just like giving the work opportunity, but it's also helping people understand what that opportunity really means and could be. Because I think, you know how big we are on mentorship opportunities and what that means and having a community of support. Um, it's, it's, you know, sending someone off with a great opportunity can be kind of dangerous (laughs) sometimes if they don't know the world that they're a part of or they don't have more contacts in an industry or um, they're they're not totally sure what they're doing, but they're good enough to have gotten this chance. Um, But really being there as the follow-up to say like, hey, I know that you're in the midst of doing this thing. Like, how are you doing? Are you okay? And she takes that really seriously in her work. Um, And I think we can all do more of that. Like, you know, it's, again, one thing to take a chance on the person, but then what are we doing to make sure that that person's okay or have what they need to continue to be successful after that first project is done? Do they need more help? Did, like, do they want to reflect on what that looked like? Um, and really applying that to our own, our own, I mean, it can be work, but it can certainly just be like your friendships and relationships as well. 
100%. Then inviting and encouraging different perspectives. I think we talked about this a little bit when it came to um, four weddings and a funeral. Like that was a completely diverse cast filled with totally different experiences and what those perspectives really added to the storyline and without inherently changing the entire thing, but making it have different conversations, I think is really valuable. Um, so really thinking about, again, like how are we getting outside of our own comfort zones and, and asking people who are not in our immediate circle of friends or in our immediate fr- like friend group at work or whatever it is, um, what that different perspective can bring to the work that we put out there, I think is really important. Um, and letting your work speak for itself. I think just making sure that you can be proud of a thing and put it out there and just watch it do what you wanted it to do. Like watch it work, watch it have the popularity or watch it tank, but just like letting it, letting it be out there for people to consume, I think is, is really important. Um, and trying again, (laughs) you know, with the Mindy project, cancellation like she didn't just lay down and let it happen she went out and did something else and tried again and put more work out into the world yeah with that perseverance is like so important here and um I think that the fact that she didn't step down from the good fight to achieve what she wanted and to continue to break down barriers and be like you canceled it but just wait till you see what's next like right that kind of attitude is like you can have your moment where you are like this sucks And, like, she felt it when she got that message and it was like, this is getting canceled. Like, feel it, experience it, and let that be, like, the, the, like, I keep wanting to say kernels. What's, like, the charcoal? I like kernels. (laughs) In, like, a dying fire where it's, like, that little ember. Yes. Ooh, that's a good one. I like (laughs) that That starts the next fire for your new project. So I feel like there's so much potential there. Um, And being okay with, like, knowing something will come to an end eventually. And then, like, what's next? There's always going to be something new. Yeah. I appreciate what you said, too. Just, like, letting yourself feel your feelings, knowing that, like, anything that doesn't go your way is hard. And, but also, like what does what did those lessons lead you to for your next like creative breakthrough or your next project or a new relationship that might lead to a next project like looking at I think we talked about this in our like failure episode or something from forever ago that like how do you take what seemingly felt like a failure and grow something else out of it um and making sure you're aware of that when you've let yourself kind of feel all of all of the feels. Um, and the last one, I think like we've talked about this a lot, but just putting your own spin on it. I think about like the work that we do, how many podcasts are there out there? You know, like there's millions of podcasts out there. There's a thousand million blogs. There's, you know, a lot of people doing the same work that, that you're doing either for your full time or your part time or whatever it is. Um, but when you put your own spin on it, it allows people to connect to you And it allows people to see what you're putting out there. And not that it's like vastly different, but it is yours. And I think Mm -hmm. remembering like you don't have to be put in a box to um, be successful. Like you think and I think it's a really good strategy in terms of like your identity to like really figuring out what am I bringing to the table? What makes what we're putting out here different than what someone else is putting out there? Not for competition's sake, but for your own 
work. Like just making sure that you remember, like I'm a person in this world that has something to say Mm -hmm. and this is how I'm going to say it. And that doesn't sound like everybody else. And it doesn't have to sound like anybody else. And I think that is a really good reminder that, you know, Mindy Kaling has done that time and time again um, in in the course of all of her work, including her books and, and everything she's done in between. So um, I really appreciate that that narrative for sure. Oh, yeah. She's a good one. And uh, we'll share more on our Instagram stories of all the things that we love about her, including her new show, which I will probably start watching this evening. You should. <laughs> it is so excellent. I want to hear everything you think. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, so follow us at Queen underscore speaking and uh, we'll keep the conversation going. We sure will. Shall we break? Let's break.